It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains, as always. Brought to you by the Up On Game Presents Podcast Network. Make sure you guys are following them wherever you do. Get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iHeartMedia, and all of that. But we said, Stat Matt, we got a good episode today, man. I'm like, I'm liking this one because it's been a minute since we had a really good guest to break things down. And I'm joined with our guy. Damian Adams, host of the Real Deal with Damian Adams podcast, also co-host of the Third and Three podcast, but he's joining us on Straight Facts podcast. So, Damian, man, appreciate you um, joining us and, and our Straight Facts people, and uh, you tell people all about your podcast, what you do, and everything. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it, and definitely can tell this is going to be a good episode with you guys. Yes, sir. As far as for me, my podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. On my podcast, I cover the NFL, NBA, and boxing. So if you enjoy those three sports, or even just one of the three or two of the three, you definitely will enjoy that podcast. I pride myself in presenting straight facts as well, uh, but you also get some laughs, some serious talk. Uh, in my podcast as well. So you definitely will enjoy it if you're a sports fan. The other podcast I do is called the Third and Three Podcast. That one is more NFL based. You know, you could probably guess with the name Third and Three. And of course, it's with three people. It's with Jason Fearman, Nikki, Justin, myself. Uh, those two are very experienced and know their football for sure and have a lot of experience actually covering the league and being around the league. So I learned a lot from those two. So you can subscribe to both of those podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, the third and three podcast is actually done live on Facebook every Wednesday night. So if you go and look up third and three on Facebook, you'll see us every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time for the third and three podcast. But if you can't catch it live, don't trip. Just subscribe and listen to it later on. I love it. I love all of that. Uh, so, so so you used to doing live podcasts. So we don't we don't got to worry about you being not ready for the moment or you were worried about doing this on one take, because like you said, it's the real deal. You do it live. I like that. Cause man, I think that I think that merges. Mm-hmm. We got straight facts and we got the real deal. I think that coincides perfectly. Sure. But as as you guys know, our straight facts listeners, you guys know we're continuing with our off season series as we patiently await for football, and it's almost here. No more Sundays without NFL football, and pretty soon it'll be no more Sundays without real NFL football until February. But it's still the off season, which means some news has been shaking. Some things have been going down. So we're just going to real quick, Dane, what we're going to do is we're going to have a little off season update and just see what's going on, what happened this past week in the league and see how things are shaking up a little bit. But the first thing, and I think the most important is Kareem Hunt after requesting from the Browns, a long-term deal, a contract extension. He's on the, the final year of a two year deal with the Browns. The Browns say no. 
deny his request for a long-term extension. They don't come to terms. So then Kareem Hunt requests a trade from the Cleveland Browns. And so it looks like Kareem Hunt's parting ways from Cleveland. Cleveland is committing to a one-back set now with Nick Chubb. So, Dame, I'll come to you first. Just a first immediate reaction to the to the Nick Chubb news or to the um sorry to the Kareem Hunt news and like who who's who is affected more by this move is it Kareem Hunt or is it the Browns well it'll definitely be Kareem Hunt that'll be affected more uh depending on how they go forward with the situation so with the news that I read it was that they declined the extension and then it was like when he asked for a trade it was like oh no we're not gonna trade you either you're just gonna play out this contract Mm -hmm. or you're gonna sit down and it's something that you don't see a lot of teams do, uh, especially in the NBA. You don't see teams say, you're under contract, you're going to do this. Like, this is what you signed up for, be a professional and play. And that's what the Browns are saying. The Browns are saying, okay, we couldn't come to terms with you on, you know, a long-term extension, but you're just not going to get out of town. We want to commit to having you on the team. Now, if he is so disgruntled that he doesn't want to play, I don't see Nick Chubb having an issue carrying the load. He's definitely somebody who can carry the load. He can handle that as a running back, and they can go forward with him. And maybe even – I believe they still have Dearness Johnson on the roster as well. So if they still have him on the roster, mm-hmm. he can fill that role fine. Like it's not like Kareem Hunt is going to cause the Browns' offense to not be as good as it was last year. There's other elements outside of running back position that we all know about with Deshaun Watson that would cause the Browns to have issues on offense. It wouldn't be the running back position. So Kareem Hunt – I don't know if this was the best way to go about it for him being with his history as well. Somebody who the Browns got for cheap because of his history and has been, he's been clean the last few years as far as his off field. Squeaky clean. I was about to say yeah. squeaky clean since been squeaky yes. clean since he has been squeaky clean since, but you know, that type of thing just doesn't really leave you right. It still is in the back of people's minds sometimes. And unfortunately so, because like you say, he's been squeaky clean and probably is a great person. But because of his history, it's going to be hard for him to say things like, I want to trade. I've been doing this, you know, squeaky clean for a couple of years now. And you guys should let me out of my contract or you guys should trade me for something else. People are going to be like, come on, bro. You're a football player making millions of dollars. They want you to play football. So I don't know if I was his agent. I would advise him to do that. I would try to see if maybe you play out this year, ball out, be professional. And then next year when you're a free agent or the Browns see this and like, oh, we need to keep you on. So I think that'll definitely affect Hunt more because the Browns have other ways to make up for his production. Um, it's not the <clears> first time we've seen Cleveland this season go to feud with one of their players, and eventually, the last time their player won. So, Stamat, I mean, do you agree with with Dame here? Is it is it no player empowerment over there in Cleveland? The thing, it's not about Cleveland; it's about running backs. The sad fact of the matter that running backs really don't matter that much in today's NFL. And I really think whenever the next collective bargaining agreement is, the NFL Players Association union rep needs to push to get running backs something because it's just going to be running backs going into the league on a four-year rookie contract. Then the NFL is going to say after the four-year rookie contract, they're used up, they're not worth a contract anymore. Kareem Hunt is 26 years old. He just had 4.9 yards per carry. This is when you would normally give a running back an extension with some good money. But that the history is it just never works. The only time it works is when it's for like Adrian Peterson or Derrick Henry. Like, and he's not that caliber. 
and the Browns are right in the scenario where you're a running back, you have no leverage, set out, we'll find a well, replacement back to be 80% as good, and it won't affect us that much. Well, well, here's the, here's one. Here's why I don't. I think the Browns are correct because of how their team is being constructed. Not not in a sense of, you know, Kareem Hunt not being worth you know a contract going forward. Because I think he be could be and he will be, and I'll get to that part later. But if you look at the Cleveland Browns, you don't have the same team as you did with Baker Mayfield being there. That. That team with Baker Mayfield, you wanted them to be a run-first team. Took more pressure off of Baker Mayfield. Look how big they were. This two-back set of two physical, powerful backs, David and Joku, Jonathan Peoples-Jones, like big receivers, big on the offensive side. Now the, the dynamic of their team is flipped. Amari Cooper is still a bigger wide receiver, but that presents speed now. Deshaun Watson presents speed, a dynamic quarterback. And so if I'm looking at my offense, I'm, I'm not looking at a team that I want to be run heavy anymore. I don't want a two-back system. And not only do I have two backs, I have two backs that produce at a number one back type level. I have two 1,000-yard rushers. And which one of them is better in the passing game? Like that, there's your point, Stat Matt. That's why running backs are going down. It's not that running backs are going, the value of running backs are going down. The value of just physical running backs who aren't named Derrick Henry are going down. If you're not Derrick Henry, you better be able to produce in a passing game as well, or teams are going to find you expendable. Because I can replace Kareem Hunt's physicality with Dearness Johnson's physicality, but I can't replace Nick Chubb's passing ability with Kareem Hunt's or catching ability with Kareem Hunt's catching ability. So I think it's more of the Cleveland Browns kind of recognizing where their offense is going and saying like, hey, man, like, we'll see. I will play out your contract this year just because, you know, we're not just going to let you walk and we don't really want to trade you because running backs don't have a crazy value. But we're not committing to you long term because that's not where our team is going. Our team is going towards more of a fast style. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what I see. For it's almost like, hey man, it's just a business. This is not like Dame. You bring up his past, but I don't think it's anything personal with Kareem Hunt. It's Deshaun Watson fell in our lap, and this is this is where I think our team will be best. It's not your style of run. Now you guys both make great points. Uh, Matt's point about the running back position not being as valued as it was, you know, in the past, in the glory days of the Emmitt Smiths and the Barry Sanders and all those guys. Wait, he a running back hitter. He a little. He a little running back hitter. Let me tell you, like he, 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 he got. You got something against running back. I don't know what it is. No, I he like running backs. I just don't think they're no, no. like. I think the dumbest thing the Eagles could do next season is give Miles Sanders an extension. But I don't dislike my Sanders. It's just the it's just how the NFL works. I love Shady McCoy. I love Brian Westbrook. They're some of my favorite players when I was a kid and when I was in college. And now it's so, just yeah, the glory day running backs. That's that's yeah. what yeah, you don't like new running. You don't you don't no, like no, no, new no. Running Brian Westbrook <laughs> was a new running back just in the old days. He was a could catch he the was. ball out of the backfield and run. He had seasons with like a thousand rushing yards and then like six hundred receiving yards. He was. He was ahead of his okay. time. But yeah, like okay, but to, real quick, to that original ahead. point, like that's the truth. Like running backs are being devalued unless they are those guys who can carry an offense like a Derrick Henry or someone like a Jonathan Taylor, those type of guys who the whole offense is dependent on. Uh, even Alvin Kamara in New Orleans doesn't have the same lows as Derrick Henry, but he is as important because of his role in the offense. 
So if you're not the type of back, you're cream hunting, you're splitting time. It's hard for you to say, I need a new contract now. I deserve this now because you're splitting time. Like you pointed out, uh, James, that he is very important to the offense because of what he did last year in the passing game or in the running game, excuse me, as far as being that physical back, being that change of pace guy. But Dearness Johnson can do that same thing. And we've seen him in games, right? When both running backs went down, Dearness Johnson went out there and balled out. So we know that he's capable. So once you have someone else who can do your job, they may not be as good as you, but they can provide that same production. Mm-hmm. Like what else can I say as the Browns would be like, hey, we're presenting the facts. Like this is this is what it that's is. That's all it is. This is just a business at the end of the day. Like it's yeah. we it's nothing against you. It's just like, hey, man, like this is it's not conducive to what our team and Dearness Johnson can do it well enough for us. He may not do it like Kareem Hunt, but he can do it well enough for what the Browns need. And to your point exactly, Dame, you know, running backs went down last year. Dearness Johnson stepped up and everyone kind of immediately knew that this brother was going to make a name for himself when he's out there, scored a bunch of touchdowns in the two or three games that he gets. But I don't think this is the end of the road for Kareem Hunt. There are so many teams in the NFL that can use this brother. And, and don't get it. Don't get it twisted. You give him 90, hundred carries a season, and he's still probably going to give you close to a thousand yards. Like if, if, even if I'm looking down his, his, like looking looking down his, his stats, his yearly stats right now. I mean, 2020, he gets 198 carries, 841 yards. The last time with the Chiefs, he had a good season, 181 carries, 824 yards. And then before that is monster season, 272 carries for 1,300 yards. You give the – he's a workhorse back. Yeah. And there are teams in the NFL who want a workhorse back. Like, I, he's still going to be very good. Like, I don't think – Matt, like Matt's over there smiling at me, like, no, this is the end of the road for Buddy. Like, no, 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 no. Kareem I don't Hunt, think so. Now, Kareem Hunt's gonna have like a, a, almost like a relief pitcher career. That's what his career. See, like be. that's crazy. Like he's gonna he's spend a year or two at a bunch of different clubs until he washes up. And they could be productive. They could not be productive. But people, teams gonna aren't gonna take. Then. Teams yeah. are not gonna sign him to a contract longer than two seasons. Which is yeah, no way that happens. You think is Matt? Matt is probably correct, but it is sad because running backs, because there are so many good running backs, ones like Kareem Hunt, who are good but not great, get devalued way too much, right? Like a team could definitely use a Kareem Hunt, especially like you mentioned, James, with him being someone who can carry the load for you, give you 20, 25 carries a game. Teams need to bring that back somewhat. I feel like teams have gotten away from that too much as far as Time of possession. You don't hear that too much anymore. You don't hear time of possession used as a good thing, right? It used to be a big thing oh, where sure. teams would be like, oh, we want to control time of possession. That that the Niners, kind of like got retired. The Niners went to the NFC Championship. The yeah. Niners went to, the, went to the NFC Championship doing that exact thing. Like, this, you know, there's so many teams that can be successful at it. I just think, yeah, I really just think Kareem Hunt can help. But we'll move on to the next topic as our – Off-season training camp updates continue because one person who's not sad is Debo Samuel. The brother finally got his money from the 49ers. Three years, what was it, $77.5 million? Because that point, that point five, that point five one matters. That puts him right below Stephon Diggs, right? But we're, we're not we're not counting people pockets, but I'm just saying that it, it put him right below that brother Stefan, but even even still, Debo Samuel gets his money for the 49ers. Also, the 49ers kind of last week officially grant Jimmy G 
the right to seek a trade and Kyle Shanahan publicly comes out in a press conference and says, we are moving on from Jimmy G. So stat Matt, what's the 49ers future look like, man? Because now Debo's back, but it's with a whole different quarterback in Trey Lance. Now, what does it look like? When you're Kyle Shanahan and you're, he's built great offenses everywhere except Cleveland, but that's Cleveland. So we'll excuse him. So he he made he he built up the best seasons that Matt Ryan Julio Jones had. Then he takes over the 49ers and he makes a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo in his second season, and then almost makes it in his third season. No, in his fourth season to mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, losing the NFC title game. And when you have someone like Debo Samuel, who can get 1,400 receiving yards, when your quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what, that's all Debo had to do in the negotiation rooms. Like, just look at my quarterback. Just look <laughs> right, at the quarterback. Right. Look at my numbers, and then look at the quarterback list running me the ball. Uh, that wasn't Josh Allen. Everything. That wasn't Patrick Mahomes. That wasn't Aaron right. Rodgers. That wasn't Lamar Jackson. Like, it's just this was Jimmy <laughs> right. Garoppolo. <laughs> so, what are we talking? What are we talking about? Yeah, Debo Samuel's gonna. He's like the inverse Christian McCaffrey, where he's mm. such a good runner. Like and a great wide receiver. It's just the priority. The priority is like the different because Debo is mainly a wide inverse, receiver right. slash running back. Uh, McCaffrey is a running back with receiving skills. So okay, Dame, the answer to this: Does it look the same? Because Matt makes a great point. Like it was Jimmy G. What are we talk about the most painfully average quarterback. If you if you <laughs> listen back to all of our episodes. In the middle of last season, Matt will attest. I hated talking about. I hated every time we talked about Jimmy G because I was like, he shouldn't be winning. He shouldn't be doing the things that he's doing. He shouldn't be getting by. So the fact that it is different now, like Trey Lance is dynamic. Trey Lance can actually get the ball down the field, get himself out of danger, can make creative plays. Does that add to the creativity that they had with Debo Samuel, or does that make them? ask him to be more of a traditional wide receiver because we have a quarterback that you don't have to relieve so much. Well, they do have some rushing yard incentives in his contract. So I'm guessing that he's still going to be used big, big, uh, big. in that way. Uh, maybe they'll, and they'll be able to be creative with it. You might even see like some old school option type plays when you got somebody like a Trey Lance and maybe you have Debo Samuel come around on the end around. They do like an option where he can pitch it or keep it. I can see them being very creative in the run game and adding things like that because they have an athletic quarterback now. But also, when bringing in Trey Lance, you got all the upside, but you also have the downside, right? So with Jimmy G, he's painfully average. Trey Lance is going to be painfully up and down. Like, because this is mm, first year mm, being a starter, mm. he's going to have those great moments where, in those great games where you're like, oh, okay, I can see why they traded so much to get this guy and why he's so hyped, you know, coming out of college. But he's also going to have those moments where you're like, oh, this is his fourth game as a starter. I see why he's having these moments. So I think for Debo Samuel in those moments, you're going to have to have him as the runner and also be the best guy for Trey Lance to go to in those moments when he's feeling panicked. And he knows, okay, I got to go to this guy. He could be my blanket for me when I'm in danger. And this, that's why he's getting paid so much to be that, just that, I guess that branch for Trey Lance to get from being the young guy to being what they, hopefully he becomes as far as being a great quarterback. I think Debo Samuel is going to be the guy to help him get there. Yeah, I mean, you look at the 49ers offense, and it's they're like, oh, the pieces that went to the Super Bowls are still there. The yeah. George Kittles are still there. Um, the Debo Samuels are still there. Like we we got 
you know, that this offense that can still carry a whole bunch of weight. And I, and I go back and forth on whether I think that Debo Samuel is going to be used, not in the same way, but the same magnitude. Like, are they really going to want him to be in the backfield one play, then split out to the X the next play, knowing that my QB's a rookie or my, or a first-year starter? You know what I mean? A yeah. guy in, in Jimmy Garoppolo who's been around the league a little bit, is seen as a veteran, was in Foxborough, so already knows how to handle a, you know, a complex offense. Like he's he's someone that maybe doesn't get flustered by all that, but as a guy in Trey Lance, if I want my safety blanket, I don't want my safety blanket to change every play. I don't want to to know that he's out there on the X, and then now he's next play, he's behind me in the backfield, and he's not my safety blanket anymore. And that may be just me being nitpicky, being a little bit of devil's advocate, but I just there's there's I have to see this offense continue the way it was last year to have to have, you know, complete confidence in it. And we do have a little oh, bit no, of I definitely a sample size, right? You know what I mean? Like, we yeah, do yeah, have a little bit starting. of a sample yeah. size. Like, a couple starts. starts. And, and, and I believe one of them, he connected with Debo Samuel on a big, on a big touchdown when Debo was wide open. I forget who this was against. Yeah. I want to say the Bengals. It was Houston. Okay. Um, but you know they they have there's game tape success there, so maybe that's you know obviously they see stuff that I don't see. But I mean, am I wrong for that? Like I just gotta I gotta see the offense kind of move in that same sense with Trey Lance. I'm not sure it does. Yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong to you know have that hesitation because he's a first year starter. We only saw so much, like you said, it's a small sample size we saw last year. Which in that small sample size, we saw some ups like that pass you mentioned. We also saw some downs. We saw him sit in the pocket too long, not be able to go through the progressions of his, you know, to play fast enough. And maybe in the offseason and right now he's improving that. And you'll see what you're looking for in those first few weeks. Um, but because the talent around him is so great, they'll also be able to make up for those times when he's having those downs as well because they're so creative offensively and their defense still be good. So I think it's going to be very, very interesting as far as the way they use Debo. But I think they still have to be dynamic with his usage because if you put him in one spot, you're really kind of helping the defensive coordinator out. Defensive coordinators up at night worrying about the different ways you're going to use Debo Samuel. If you put him just at the X, now defensive coordinator is like, okay, I got one less thing to worry about now when it comes right, to right. you know preparing for these teams. So I think that you still have to use him in a dynamic way, but you may have to dial it back just a little bit, especially those first few weeks, just to make sure Trey Lance has a hold of the offense. I think a How lot of little five-yard ins to Kittle – to begin the season, because young quarterbacks love tight end safety valves. Yeah, Kittle's down there at TEU, just working all working all that out. Can't wait to get the, the season started. All right, but Stamat, how do you see Trey Lance as his first year at starter? Now that it's, it's complete, there's no question about it. They even told Jimmy G, "Go find your next home for yourself." How do you see Trey Lance now? Like, how do, how do you see this first think, year as? as I think the starter? expectations for him are too low. He was the third pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. He is sat, and it's his second year in the league. He sat for a year, his mm-hmm, second year mm-hmm. in the league. Like I'm not, I'm not. This is unfair, but like, it's what Mahomes was the tenth pick in the draft. Sat for a year, had one start. Next year he comes in, he's the MVP. Like that. That's the range of things that could happen. Like when's mm-hmm. the second year of North Dakota State was the year he contended for MVP. Lance could be a top ten, top five quarterback this year and i don't think people are really bracing themselves for that possibility 
Um, if I were to guess, I think he'll, I think what Damien said was right. He'll have a lot of ups and downs and ups and downs, but I think it'll be more ups and downs. And I think, I think if they, they he could get it himself sorted out by December, they could really go on a Super Bowl run. Ooh. I don't know, Matt talking to me in this, man. I don't know. That sounded, that sounded, because you're right. He, they did it the right way. As much as you would want to rush something like Trey Lance, they said, he's so raw, let him sit behind a painfully average quarterback. So, because there are some ways to being a painfully average quarterback. Like, there's some never being rushed. There's some knowing everything that's going on in the play because you got to be able to manage the game on a high level. And for what it's worth, the brother went up into Green Bay and beat the Packers to go to the NFC Championship game. He did something to be said. He didn't score a touchdown on offense. Well, they decided, <laughs> I don't that, yeah. But he, but he, he somehow okay, beat him. But that was, said, that's but the game right there. Whenever a special teams coach wants to say that special teams matters, they should play that game. Like that's this is why special teams matters. But it's also, but it's also the game management by Jimmy. He ain't win the game, but he ain't lose it. That's true. He, he could have lost one, one, mis- one mistake, loses that game. He ain't make it. So, so, so I say all that to say, like the Niners did that. They they sat their guy for a year, a guy with super, like you know, a super high ceiling and super potential, and now you pair him with Matt, and you said this earlier too maybe the best offensive mind in the NFL, responsible for MVP seasons, responsible for peak seasons. With the most creative offensive weapon maybe we got in the league right now? Yeah. Well, that, 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 okay, I, you, you took a little too... Oh, well, you're I'm just getting Debo. excited. You're talking about I'm Debo. Debo. Uh, I was about to I was like, wait, wait, wait. No, no, way no, too Lance. Not Lance. Lance right now. Not Lance. I'm yeah, not, yeah, no, I'm not yeah, doing you, that down. Yeah, saying that about Debo is completely fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm only just kind of paraphrasing what you said, my friend. And but, their defense. Their defense is And their cool. defense. Yeah. All things that aid a young quarterback. That's true. I'm and, probably more on the ladder of that five to ten. He could be. Yeah. But I'm I'm just not gonna be shocked. I don't know if I'm ready to stamp that down, but that you talked me into some things, man. No, nah, Matt makes some Matt makes some great points. And if Trey Lance turns into a top, even top 15 quarterback this year, if he's a top 15 quarterback this year with that team, they could make a serious run and everybody's like, oh my God, San Francisco's right back here, continue for a Super Bowl again. So if he's anywhere near his potential this year. This team is right back in it. I mean, so we're not looking at a different roster. Yeah. We're looking at the same team to who everyone is going to say just on paper upgraded that quarterback, correct? I would say they upgraded that quarterback. I'm sure you would say they up. They didn't downgrade. Yeah. Like, it may not go up, but it don't go down. So, I don't know. Snap Matt don't talk me into things often. He talked <laughs> me into something just now. He did. He did. I wasn't out on the Niners, and I wasn't out on Trey Lance, but I wasn't sold. I didn't, I didn't see a lot. I saw enough to tell me he's not going to be a bad quarterback. He's going to be able to handle himself out here. But I didn't see anything that some, that everyone was seeing where the where this all-world talent was coming from. I really but like him coming they, out of college, so I'm a little biased. So. But, the, but the college thing is what I hold a lot against him. Because it was, no, it was the, such a small package. Just yeah. when when someone like I got Kyle, seventeen games, yeah, yeah, the, that's when someone like Kyle Shanahan values you that much. It's just like 
sometimes. Like, oh, I just watched a video about a pitcher who learned how to pitch, who was uh, in college, he was a shortstop. They ran out of pitchers. Boom, they needed him to be the pitcher. He was the best pitcher on the team, and they knew that immediately. And then he became a long-term MLB player. Like, like sometimes you, when you find out, and you, you know. When you find <laughs> out, you know. You tied a bow on it nicely, but the analogy was a reach. But you, but you tied a bow on the concept. Like, I got what you're saying. I got what you're saying at the end. All right, we're gonna move on. Last part, last update from training camp comes out of Pittsburgh because they have officially named a starter. And I don't know if the fact that they named Mitch Trubisky their starter is more head scratching to me, or the fact that they named their first round pick Kenny Pickett their third string behind Mason Rudolph and you get put behind Mason Rudolph in any depth chart. You just got to assume that it's personal at this point, but <laughs> the Steelers are going with Mitchell Trubisky as their week one starter. Presumably, like, I guess there's still three preseason games left. I'm sure there's still a month of training camp. Who knows what happens? But to me, this means that they want to ride out to, at least to week one with Mitch Trubisky as QB one. So Dame, talk to me, man. Is that the right move? Uh, yeah, I'm not there in training camp, so I'm not seeing Pickett. I don't know if he's out there throwing a bunch of picks or, you know, if he's managing the game or if he's grasping the playbook. You know, his first year NFL playbook could be difficult. Uh, Trubisky's now been – he's a veteran now. I know he's still young, uh, but to league standards, he's a veteran player. So he probably comes in there as grasps the playbook. He's had a year behind Josh Allen in that Buffalo offense, probably learned some things and picked up some good things there. So I think it's the right move for it to be Trubisky's job to lose. Like you said, still three preseason games left. So if Trubisky's horrible throughout the rest of training camp, maybe Mason Rudolph or Pickett can get that job. But I think it's the right move for Trubisky to be in the lead right now for this job. And Trubisky's got talent. There's a reason he went number two overall. Now, some of that reason was incompetent <laughs> oh, on the Bears. Yeah, I was about to say, I was about to say, someone fell asleep at the wheel. That's the reason number two. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying. But yeah, but the reason that incompetence happened was something was there that caught their eye. And I think that something <laughs> might still be there uh, with him it's now. Nice right? we, we know he has a good arm. He has he has good feet. He can run the ball. So we know that there's some things there, right? I know Matt is not not feeling Trubisky at all, but well, <laughs> but there's well, some well, good things one, there. No, no, I, <laughs> you know what he sound like you know you know what he sound like he sound like. The, the 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 dude you try and let down easy. The girl you try and let down easy. Like she's not good looking, but she got a nice personality and, and she got a nice job and she worked hard. But you know what I mean? That's Trubisky. Like he's not a good quarterback, but he got good feet and he got a good arm and he listens well. And it's like, and if you give that to Mike Tomlin, what he what will Mike Tomlin give you? Mike Tomlin will give you a hard fought, not an eight season if you give him that quarterback. You give him a quarterback who who just got a little bit of good things wrapped around in a, in a bowl that won't derail you, he'll churn you out a good 9-8 and eight season, will he not? I think Kenny Pickett being the being, not being the starter, that had to happen. There's no way he was ready. I didn't think it was a first-round pick. He was first-round pick, Pittsburgh, nice story. Trubisky being a fill-in starter for a year, fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But... I just can't get over the fact that he's he was never that talented. People like really <laughs> talked him into something before the draft and made no sense to me. This is a 
I, 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 I'll never forget because I'm a big Clemson fan, Damien, and I watched all of Deshaun Watson's college games essentially. Yeah. And then I watched everyone say that Mitch Trubisky would be a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. <laughs> and like, so you wonder about all the stuff that's happened of that that isn't football, but just as it's it, it just unconscionable. Trubisky, I feel yeah. bad for him. He was a late second round pick that unfortunately got drafted second overall. He's a he's like a if he's your backup quarterback, you're in a good spot. Yeah. Like that's, that's what Mitch Trubisky is. Yeah, like he's I'd love him to be a backup quarterback on every any team if I was uh, getting charged of. But he's if anyone can get a nine and eight out of season, it's Tomlin because that's all he does. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people underestimate how bad Roethlisberger was last year, and they still went nine mm-hmm. and eight. So, mm-hmm. but I just think that division is too tough. Uh, it's it's just a you it's a it's a you punt the Steelers are punting the season and Trubisky's a perfect quarterback if you want to punt. Yeah, I mean it's it's but but a good punt a punt but but pin the other you know team inside the five yard line because he's good enough to win you some games. He's good enough to get you to nine and eight, but it's not you know you know it's not the long term option and. I'm not sure what this says more. It says more that, you know, this is Trubisky is a bridge quarterback or if it says even more that Kenny Pickett's not the option at all. And moving him to third to me is a, is a, some kind of a statement. And I'm not sure what it says more. If it says that, like you said, Damon, he's just out there, just not performing any, you know, not performing well in camp or not doing anything. To be honest, I haven't heard any real Kenny Pickett news, right? I yeah, mean, I you hear a lot of news about quarterbacks making a good throw here or making a good read there. I ain't, I ain't heard about how Kenny t- Kenny Pickett's tying his shoes, so I, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know what's that's, going on. That's a good point, Matt. Because usually when somebody's balling out in camp, you'll hear something. You'll hear like, something. Yeah, you'll hear something. <laughs> you'll hear something. You'll get a video. Like, I, I, just, I saw a tweet. I'm <laughs> a picture. Like I'm I'm just thinking back. And I'm like, dang. Like besides this. This is the only Kenny Pickett news I heard in camp, and yeah. it's about him being last on the depth chart. So that, I, yeah, it's or, not a good time. It's not good for the brand. Or this tells me that this move, this draft, this kind of head scratching Kenny Pickett went too high draft was a front office move, not a Mike Tomlin move. And Mike Tomlin's move is telling you, "Told you I didn't want this quarterback. He's third on my depth chart." Like he's not, he's not, he's he not moving the me the needle like you guys said he was going to move the needle. He's not the answer like you guys said he was going to be the answer. He's not worth the first round draft pick like you guys said he's worth the first round draft pick. Now all speculation, I've read anything, I've heard anything, but if I'm just kind of reading the the chess pieces, the moves, knowing what I know about football, that I could easily see that happening, which also reiterates the point that I don't have a long-term option here at quarterback. So my best short-term one is Mitch Trubisky. He's already been a starter in the league. I can sell this to people. It doesn't look like we're tanking. Like, you know what I mean? It gives us a a fighting chance in each game. But I just think the Steelers look at their room and they're like, it's not Trubisky. It's for damn sure not Mason Rudolph. And for right now, it's not Kenny Pickett. No matter what, I think of Kenny Pickett, I think him being third string is more of a motivational tactic on Tomlin's part, uh, trying to get and a, it could be too. Yeah, so could be, could be a complete um, inverse. I, I remember like reports that weren't real reports 
Wentz's rookie year that he was behind Chase Daniel in the depth chart. And everyone knew it wasn't true. This is more plausible because second pick overall versus what the 21st pick, I think, pick mm-hmm. was. Uh, but 22nd. Right? And, and Rudolph isn't like a horrible quarterback either. So he, I'm guessing Rudolph knows the offense better than Pickett does at this point. It's performing better. So Tom mm-hmm. lists him second to motivate Pickett to be better. No, nah, I, I, anytime you put me below Mason Rudolph is a motivational <laughs> tactic. On the optics alone, Matt. On the optics yeah. alone. I don't he like can, Mason Rudolph can, either, but <laughs> I don't know if there's a soul alive who like likes Mason Rudolph. People might think he's an all right quarterback. But I don't know if anybody like likes him. Like, like, oh, that's my guy. Because I don't think anybody's saying that. Yeah. But if I'm the first round, you spent a first round pick, and 22 is a perfect time to go get the second best linebacker on an SEC team. Or the, yeah. or the second best corner on an ACC. It's a perfect time to do that, but you ain't got Kenny Pickett. So like it, that just doesn't that doesn't say to me third third string on the depth chart. So we'll just continue to monitor that and see what's going on. But I I, I don't know if this what this does for the Steelers in that AFC North division. Like they're still you know they could be nine and eight, but I'm not I'm not seeing them above pending a Deshaun Watson you know, a Deshaun Watson decision that keeps him out for longer than expected. I don't see them being above the Browns, Ravens, or the Bengals. Do you guys? No. Yeah, I, no, I don't see him. Yeah, I, I say I definitely agree yeah. with what you're saying. And also on Kenny Pickett, I think we should worry. If it's week six and he's still third string, that's when I'll get a little worried. Like, dang, you ain't beat out Mason yet? Like, it's, it's we, in a, we in real games now. You still third behind Mason Rudolph? That's when I'll get a little worried if I was a Pittsburgh fan. Week six, third string quarterbacks wear sweatsuits on the sideline. Exactly. They don't, yeah, they don't wear pads. He's, if he's they, in that Jordan, Love, even, if he's in that Jordan Love territory, that's when you, you get a little, you get oh. a little worried. <laughs> oh, oh no! You get Jordan Love territory, be worried, man. Yeah, <laughs> be worried. They they doing that boy wrong with that draft pick. All right, we're gonna move on to the second half of our podcast. Bring back an oldie buddy, goodie, a fan favorite. In this second segment, it's called Speaking Facts. So, Dame, we looked around the sports world. We got some some quotes, some things that people said. So one of them you're going to recognize. But um, just I've, I've said, and, and you're going to answer the simple question for us, is this person speaking facts and why? So the first one, we're going to go to Keyshawn Johnson on first take. He was asked about Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas and if he can still be a top 10 wide receiver in the league. He said, quote, he, as in Michael Thomas, is most certainly a top 10 talent at the receiver position. He will beat a top five player at the wide receiver position by the end of the year in both statistics and talent. So, Dame, I'll go to you first. Is Key talking right about Mike T? Is he going to be top five in both statistics and talent by the end of the season? He is speaking 100% straight facts. All right, Michael Thomas. Before I know you got the Tampa Bay Bucks shirt on, so you not you don't want to hear this. But <laughs> before this man got hurt, the season before he got hurt, we saw this man break the record for receptions in the yeah. season. He's still young, yeah. he's still in his prime. So when you think about somebody who could be that productive with a Drew Brees at that time who was limited in what he could do arm wise. Mm-hmm. Now you have a Jameis Winston who. Doesn't have that limitation. He might have other limitations, but his arm strength is definitely not one of them. 
So when you don't come talk to me about Jameis's <laughs> limitations, you see the you see the jersey I got on. I don't talk it. to me about Jameis's limitations. I know all about his limitations, man. But I, I think being in his third year in the system, Jameis will be better, especially what we saw last year as far as his decision making and now the weapons being added along with Michael Thomas. That's what's going to help Michael Thomas as well. It's not all on him. Jarvis Landry. Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara in the passing game. So I think that's going to help as far as him not seeing as many double teams. So 100% straight facts, Michael Thomas will be back to being someone who people talk about as a top five receiver after this year. Matt, go ahead. <laughs> no, but it's not that wrong. It's wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> um, the t- there's too many good receivers now. And uh, 2019... I know Breeze was limited at the end of his career, but he was still his numbers were still great numbers. He was yeah, like right. an MVP threat in 2018. He was still very good in 2019, um, even though he couldn't throw the ball more than 25 yards on the field. Um, that's why Michael Thomas gets slack for only running slants. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he, that! But he, he he set the record, and for me, when you're 29, coming off in a Injury bad enough that costs you basically a season and a half with ankle that just never really fully recovered. I think the most likely scenario is he recovers to be like a quality Pro Bowl level receiver, but I don't think he'll be top five again. Hmm. Okay. Top top five off the top of your head. You got to beat out Tyreek, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, and I would say DeAndre Hopkins, but he's out for six games, so. Who you want to put? Jamar Chase, Mike Evans, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, AJ Brown. These 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 are guys that you got to beat out now. Yeah, if, if you're and, Mike T, and if you're Mike T, oh, that's I say that's all fine and dandy. But he was beating out guys with this much. That was this much talent at the wide receiver position just a few years ago. It's not like this was we're talking 15 years ago when he was dominating. This was just a couple years ago, and they just had a couple this, new names in the mix. Yeah, couple the, new names in the couple new, like and, the, and, of course Jamar Chases and the Justin Jeffersons are new, but as far right. as most of that list, they were there. So and Tyreek Hill, I think it's gonna take a big step back this year with little arm Tua thrown in the ball. So I think there's little arm be, Tua. <laughs> so I think he's gonna be one of those guys that might take a step back out of that top five conversation for Michael Thomas to step in. Okay, all right. I know I'd be hating on Michael Thomas, <laughs> oh old, old slant boy over there. I do. Because, because, Damien, I'm sure you could look at your house right now. You could look in the room you're sitting in and look 10 yards away. I'm <laughs> sure you could do it. It's not that far. Yeah. And I'm sure if I asked you, if I if I went to that spot 10 yards away and put up a target and said, Dame, throw me the ball, I'm sure you could do it. Yeah. I could and do I'm it. sure it'd be pretty accurate to where my hands are, right? Yeah. Ten, so if you can do that, yeah. <laughs> if you could do that, I'm sure one of the best regular season quarterbacks of all time could do it. Even, <laughs> even though he's got a bum shoulder, even though there's a pass rush coming to him, even though things are – I'm sure but he can do that. This is my and one I, I, retort to that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Imagine how good you have to be at slants to break the record for receptions when everybody knows the slant is coming. Like a man – like you have to be really good on because you can <laughs> Because you can have that – what did the Buccaneers yeah. show in the playoffs? You can have those 10 yards. He actually didn't have a catch. So, you can – we shut all that down in the playoffs. Yeah, the last time – defense did a great job. Uh, yeah. we, we shut that whole thing down. But because you can have those 10 yards, look at all of those receivers that you're talking about are better than him. What do they all do? 
They catch the ball down the field. Cooper Cup turns these slants into home runs. We forgot to say Debo. Debo, too. <laughs> Dude, even more to my point. They turn these slants into home runs. They don't catch up and fall down. They turn these slants into touchdowns. Yeah. And then and then to the, the actual football point, not just the hating point of it all, is the team that he was on a couple years ago is not the team that's there anymore. Like, you guys knocked Drew Brees for having a bad arm, but they built an entire offense around the fact that he can't throw 25 yards. So who's going to thrive? The dude who only runs slants. Our Marquise Callaways and our and our and our and our and our speed threats are all decoys. He can't get the ball down there. He go throw it right to Mike T at the sticks because two six yard catches equal a first down. We gonna keep moving this thing down the field. That's fine. But now you go to Jameis, who Jameis don't like looking at the sticks. <laughs> Jameis likes looking at the end zone. And so what did Dennis Allen do? I draft Chris Olave. Down the field receiver, Jarvis Landry, middle of the field possession receiver. Like I have now pieces who go down the field with a quarterback who loves to throw down the field, and don't to not to mention last time Jameis was healthy, uh, established that great rapport with Marquise Callaway. I believe had two like fifty yard touchdown th- touchdowns thrown to him. Another threat that he's already created chemistry with. He don't throw the ball ten yards. This offense don't look like it's going to be suited for Mike Thomas. So, sure, he can have all the talent in the world. He can be quick off the line. <laughs> he, can, he can run a slant with the best receiver in the NFL. So I might give him top 10 talent. But in terms of statistics, next season, no way Mike Thomas turns in a top 10 receiving statistical year. Mm-hmm. No chance. No chance. I, I think no you're wrong. Chance. I think you, at the you end of the see, day, we'll you're, you're going to be yelling out his his Twitter name. Can't guard Mike because no one can guard him. All right. You you're going to be yelling out, I mean, oh, slant boy, <laughs> because no one can find him. Because no one can find him. That's what I'll be yelling out. Because who do I think is going to turn in the top 10 statistical years for receiver? Let's just play the name game really quick. We already got five of them, right? Yeah. Tay Adams. Uh, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Debo yeah. Samuel, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans. Give me a tenth. Give yeah. me a tenth, Matt. You could go. Like, would, you could you could go out on a limb and go like T. Higgins. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, we, like that we, we go. We go Amari Cooper. We can yeah, go C. D. Lamb. We could go. Hey, oh, oh, Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy, was, Jerry. Oh, in Denver. So Mike Thomas, Mike Thomas to, to turn in a top 10 statistical season is looking at 1,100 yards, eight, nine touchdowns. And that's very doable for Michael Thomas. Very doable for Michael Thomas. Okay. Like, it is doable. No, no, no. Let me, let me, let me, let me stop hating. That's very, that's very, able do, very doable for Mike Thomas. But this isn't, this isn't the team that Mike Thomas succeeded with. It's not even the play caller he succeeded with. It's his defensive coordinator. Well, the, it's, it's, the same, it's the same offense coordinator. Like the same offense coordinator okay. with the Saints for like ever. But, but, so, yeah, but Sean Payton was the, Sean Payton was the primary play caller over there. Sean Payton was a primary player, but they, you're right. They do have the same offensive coordinator, but it's not. It's not the same team that Michael Thomas was here was was used to producing with. I think this is, year. So is I there hate there, in it? There's a little hate in it. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. But I'm a I'm a respond oh, yeah. to the hate uh, with some reasoning. All right. So you talk about him being slam boy because of Drew Brees' limitations. 
Imagine what we weren't seeing as far as his route running ability. If he can get that open on slants, imagine what he can do on a slant and go. We're not going to do this game where he's going to be better with Jameis Winston than he was with Drew Brees. That's thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not saying better, but he'd be just as productive. He could do maybe less catches but has the same amount of yards because he's getting more passes down the field. Is that not true? It's possible, but just – I haven't seen him run those routes, Dame. I haven't just like we didn't see or hear anything about Kenny Pickett. Every video I watch of Michael Thomas, it's actually something I look for. It's a game I play. I've challenged him to show me a route over ten yards. No, look at every video, Matt. You're laughing because you're thinking of every video. Image of like you challenging him and him no having like no clue who you are, and he's not living up to my challenge. And I have he's not living up to my challenge. Because I'm anything you because you know the narrative against you. The Dolphins know the narrative against Tua. So what do they do? They show nothing but bombs to Tyreek Hill. They they show nothing but it. Like they know they know what's around it. Mike, I have a Dame. If you could pull up the Saints can, Twitter or say, Instagram he, right now, he had a, he had a nice he had a nice fifty fifty ball the other day over Paulson Debo, who's been one of our star corners in training camp. He's like, he's been doing more than just the slants. I can pull that up for you. All right. He's been doing more than that. He's been dominating. From reports, he's been dominating in training camp because he is Michael Thomas, the all-time leader in receptions in the season. Like he's been dominating because he's that good. Are you are you a Saints? Only a Saints fan would talk like this. Are you a Saints fan? Yes, sir. Who that said? That oh, see, I do it. I do it. I do it. I'm like only a. I'm like he talking way too crazy. Only a Saints fan talk like this. Are you like? I do it. I'm like only. That's crazy. I can I can smell him. I'm like I, he talking way too crazy about Michael Thomas. He got to be a Saints fan. Oh man. So we could we might have to revisit all of this. I'm glad I I'm glad I put that on there. I had no idea. Wow. All right. We're going to move on. Great discussion. We're going to move on quickly to the hardwood really quick as Anthony Edwards put himself in a great conversation when he was asked where he ranks among current players. He said, after this year, I think I'll be in the best player conversation. Stat Matt is Ant-Man speaking facts. Give him one year. He tough, huh? No, but I love the confidence. He's not. There's no way he's going to be like better than Giannis or Luca or like like he'll take another step up. Like he, he'll be top fifteen. Uh, if he has a really good start, he might be an all star starter. But um, he, it's a he's got a long road ahead of him, and he's on the right path. But he's he's not going to be there yet. He's it's just the the best players in the NBA are so good. Like they're yeah. so it's unbelievable how good they are. Right, 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 right. Um, I think he's speaking facts. The only thing he's he's off by maybe one year. But if you think it's going to take him more than two years to get to that best player, I think you're underestimating how how quickly we're watching Anthony Edwards ascend. Like every bit of a number one overall pick is rookie year. This last year, I think he didn't even get as much praise as even he should have been. And people were still high on him. And I think people are even still underestimating the year that he was able to have and helping the Timberwolves get to the playoffs. And I think it only goes up here. I think we're seeing another Trey Young, Luka Doncic, John Morant-esque career trajectory from Anthony Edwards, where after two, three years, he's right there in the mix with 
not just the best players at his age group or best players at his position, but best players in the NBA. And it, it, he's someone that feeds off of experience. He's someone that feeds off of the moments and that play in scenario going to the playoffs and having a, a tough first round matchup. Like he feeds off stuff like that. You gave him a little taste of that. And he, he back for more, he back for all that limelight. He back for all that juice. Like I, I think like I feel the energy in which he talks with, and I feel like he can back it up. That's such a talented dude, man. Like I, I really think that he's speaking facts. Give him one, give him two years. Not the 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 reason he's not speaking facts is the one year. Give him two years, and I won't have a problem putting him in that five to ten category. Because because when you say one of the best in the NBA, there's so many players. Like I think putting him in top ten is you could put him as he's one of the best players in the NBA. So yeah, there's like there's 20 one. top 10 players in the NBA. Yeah, like sure. A- That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But Dame, Ant-Man speaking facts. I, I agree with both of you guys. It's a mixture, right? I agree with Matt where he says he's not, he's not there. It's going to take a, a little more than just this year, but I love the confidence of it. And I'm right there with you where it could be just two years. It could be where he takes that John Morant type jump where John Morant went from, oh, he's okay. He's good. I can see it. Then the playoffs we saw a little bit. Then this past year, he just turned it up to all NBA type guy. So maybe mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards can get to that all NBA level in two years. But I agree with both you guys. I think that I love the confidence. He's just not there quite yet. But I do think he'll be an all star this year. Oh, all star is the floor. All stars, all stars, the floor this year. All right, another really quick one from the hallway. De- Dejounte Murray. Who there's something going on with that brother. I don't know what's. I don't know what's gotten into him lately, but. He had this to say. It wasn't at Paolo Bancaro. It was just to all his NBA family. He said, to my NBA brothers, if you're healthy and you love hooping, man, you got to get out to these pro-am games for these kids and the people who can't afford to see us can be able to see us for free. So, Dame, is is DeJounte Murray facts? Just speaking facts. Should more NBA players get out to these pro-ams? Yeah, he's speaking facts. I think it's definitely something that NBA players can have their way of giving back by doing that. Uh, and, you know, it's something some people are saying, what about, you know, risking injury? They're playing somewhere. Like, they don't just stop playing basketball. Like, all of them are playing somewhere. They're playing at some of the famous runs you've heard about it, like a UCLA mm-hmm. and things like that. They're playing somewhere. So you may as well, if you're going to play, play in front of some fans at the Pro-Am. Uh, you don't have to, you know, be as disrespectful as DeJounte has been in these pro-am games like you, you can go there and chill out like, i don't know what's, go, what's going on what's like, going yeah. on i don't know what's my man got traded from san antonio and just started wilding like i don't know what, like, what's, going, what's on? going on i'm like dang this I, maybe he was like grunk maybe he's being held back by the organization and then once he gets free it, this is him like this is like, I, I don't know man you bounce, i don't care who you are you bounce the ball off the top of my head twice you gotta fight I don't care who it is. I don't care what we're doing. Basketball is secondary to that point. Put your hands in the air and prepare to fight because I can't go out. I can't have you do me like that. I got to get the backstory on that one because usually you'll see maybe one bounce. You know, you'll see a stare down as I cross you. You'll see some. That's part of the game. But for you to tap it off my back and then twice off my head. And then put your arm around my neck like I'm a little dude and push me as you drive past me. (laughs) Like... That's how you treat your little brother when he wants to play with you and your friends. That's not yeah. that we're not doing that. We, exactly. We're not doing well, that. I got, hear, I got to hear the story before this. Dude had to be talking like cash trash prior to that. Like he had to be Different talking some madness. Stuff. 
Yeah. <laughs> Different type stuff. Stat Matt. Yeah, I definitely agree with DeJounte Murray. I remember growing up in Maryland as a big Sixers and big Iverson fan. And the best days of the year were the days they played the Wizards because they'd be on TV, the two to three national games I'd be able to watch, and then the All-Star game. Because there's so many limited opportunities I had to see Iverson. With the internet just exploding all over the place, the NBA, like being an NBA fan, there are all types of different fans in all types of different cities. You can find a mm-hmm. Grizzlies fan in the area. You could find a Clippers fan in Tennessee. Like it's just all over the place. And this is a chance for these people to actually see them play in person, their favorite players. These like these like kids who are like that's their idols. I remember mm-hmm. when I actually got to see Iverson play in person against the Wizards. Sixers got blown out by like fifteen, but I got to see Iverson in person. It was awesome. And like get, yeah. getting to see that, giving that experience to more people with no cost is is would be a great thing for these players to do. For sure. Yeah. yeah. The most important thing that he said is if you love hooping, man, because that's that's what these programs do. Is it brings it basketball out of the production and out of the performance that is the NBA and professional basketball. And it boils it back down to hooping at its best sense, at, at its purest form, that rec-type, park-type, fans in your face, opponent in your face, can't run from the moment, can't run from the spotlight, can't hide it within schemes. It's it's five-on-five, five and who can hoop the best? And I just spent the last weekend at the Rump Classic in Philadelphia watching you know, Markeith and Marcus Morris come back and hoop and Jaquan Newton and Thomas Robinson and Alizé Johnson and Mo Watson and Quade Green, all these guys who you grew up watching and they're just coming back and, and it feels like they came back, either grabbed five of them or grabbed five of their friends and was like, your squad can't beat my squad in our home turf. And that's what the best thing about these programs are is now guys are starting to have their own. Kyrie went back to New Jersey at his pro-am. Jamal Crawford is one of the most famous program, uh, pro-ams to crossover. Trey Young had a, pro, had a pro-am. Like, these guys are having their own, you know, own events and own games, and it's bringing the hometown feel back to hooping, and it's, it's, it's awesome. And for your, your, your point exactly, Dame, I don't want to hear about injury because – What's more dangerous, what's more unhealthy is to not play pickup at all, not simulate game run at all for an entire summer, and then magically try to do it in October. It don't, it don't work like that. Exactly. You got you to keep your body in somewhat of game shape, and they're pros. They know how to play competitively without putting their bodies in harm's way, man. They're, these programs ain't nothing like going down the lane in an NBA game, so it's, yeah. it, it's okay. Yeah, and plus, like you said, it's pro-am players. So it's not like you're going to the local, you know, L.A. fitness. You're playing against some dudes who don't know how to play and don't know how to, like, you know, not take you out when you're in the air and stuff like that. Like, you're playing with other dudes who right, right, in their right. whole life. So you, you'll be good. If it's injury that happened, it's going to be something that's a natural thing that would happen anyway. Right, right. All right. Moving on to the last one. This is actually a first on Speaking Facts because we have quoted our own guest, on speaking facts, he came to me when we put the script together. He said, I want this in the episode. I want y'all fans to hear this because, man, <clears throat> y'all y'all just got to hear this. So our own Damian Adams had this to say about the Arizona Cardinals. I'll play it for y'all right here. 
Let's talk about the over-under win total for the Arizona Cardinals. It's set at eight and a half wins right now. Let's smash the under on eight and a half wins for the Arizona Cardinals. When you combine the drama that's been going around this team in the offseason along with this schedule, it screams under eight and a half wins. All right. So you have Kyler Murray and his drama. DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the first six games of this year. That's going to hurt you. And then when you look at the schedule. You're playing against the AFC West. I believe that's four losses right there. You're playing against NFC South. I believe that's two losses to both the Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You also have your own division, which is nothing to sneeze at with the Rams and 49ers. That could be four more losses. Then you also play the Eagles and Patriots. I believe that the Cardinals will go 6-11 and this year. Cliff Kingsbury will finally be exposed for the mediocre coach that he is. This team will go under 8.5 wins. Mark it down and make your bets now. Mark it down and make your bets now. That's like a stat bat type of type of take right there. That's that's getting bold. So so you did it a little bit in the clip. I'm gonna give you Dame real quick, 15 to 20 seconds. Just defend your case, man. Explain yourself. Double down. Yeah, I got double down. Under 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 eight and a half for A Z. Yes, definitely. So last year, we saw what happened at the end of the season. They start off the year great. Kyler Murray's an MVP candidate for the first, what, two months. They were playing awesome. Mm -hmm. And then came the inevitable fall at the end of the season that you have with Cliff Kingsbury as coach. Every year, mm -hmm. from college, his teams mm -hmm. have fallen off the second half of each year. And they did nothing to improve this offseason. I don't believe this team got better at all. If anything, they got worse, right? You lose DeAndre Hopkins the first six weeks. Marquise Brown is out here trying to film Fast and the Furious 10. We don't know what's going to go on with him. You see him? You see him? <laughs> you see him? Look. <laughs> so, Look. this offense, beyond those two receivers I named, can you really honestly even name other receivers outside of the tight end, Zach Ertz? You don't know who those guys are. So, you're going into this season with maybe a limited amount of weapons. Kyler Murray, and this, is he going to study? Is he not? Is he playing Call of Duty right now? Is he getting ready for the training camp? We don't know. So you, oh, got, you, got that, you got that going on. Oh, the defense is not going to be good without Chandler Jones. That's a big loss on that side. Nothing points to this team being successful this year. It all points to this team going down. And like I mentioned in the video, that schedule, that schedule is rough, man. No, look, points, points are definitely made. And I think it's just hard to fathom a team that started off the season, what, 10 and one, nine and one to flip and go with, you know, six and eleven now, but stat Matt is, is our guy Dame speaking facts. Not quite. I I probably think they're they they're gonna get worse, but I still think they're probably like a nine and eight team. I mm. think they. I think Yo, Dave, I, real quick, if it's one thing about Matt, he gonna predict the team to go nine and eight. He love he love <laughs> a nine and eight prediction. The he just love like, a nine and eight prediction. The 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 I Hopkins is gonna come back and. He's going to play 11 games if he's healthy. I think Murray is going to try to prove that he was worth the contract. I think he's mad about that. There's a lot of flaws in the team, a lot of things that weren't fixed, and a lot of dumb things like giving Marquise Brown that contract. But I still think they're slightly Ridiculous. over 500. Yeah, I mean, one, you know, the, the as crazy as it is, do a 126 and a 65. The arrest that Marquise Brown had in the jurisdiction he's in is seen as a misdemeanor. So yeah, he's you know, he's gonna you go be to, yeah. to the judge. Yeah, he'll be playing. You know, you get a, you get a, a stern talking to. They see yeah. you play football, so they find you a lot, and then you know yeah. you're back on the field. No harm, no foul. I don't think he'll get suspended in any way. 
And let's look at the first six games of the season for the Cardinals. <laughs> the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Rams, the Panthers, and the Eagles. Right. My good golly gosh. I see five losses. My right good, goodness <laughs> gracious. That's that's what you do without DeAndre Hopkins. That's what you have to go and face without DeAndre Hopkins. So, like, so when you when you put all of that together, like it 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 doesn't we're not getting off to a hot start if we're the Cardinals. Um but I I just six at eleven is just hard for me to see. And I and so I agree with the concept of what you're saying. Your your concept is speaking facts. Be prepared for the Cardinals to struggle. Be prepared to not see the Arizona Cardinals that we saw last year. But a quarterback as talented as Kyler Murray, as talented a weapons as you have when when you're at full strength, I gotta I gotta be able to see more than six wins. Mm-hmm. I just gotta see see do you I'll agree with you eight and a half though. No, 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 and that's where I was gonna go. Okay. I'll agree yeah. with you with with hitting the under. Well, I'll you know, absolutely agree with you with hitting the under there. So seven or eight wins is okay. I'll see much more than six. Give him give another win or two. <laughs> the ball the ball bounced their way in a couple of games. You know, you know what I mean. Someone someone is hurt when they're playing a big team, but no, they they very well can start the season one and five. They probably will start the season one and five. That's really their first six games of the year. Yeah, but why is nobody talking about that? I've never <laughs> seen this. I've never seen someone have to start a schedule like that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, now that's it's crazy. But the way their schedules just shaked out this year with AFC West and AFC South being the other divisions yeah. that they play, it was going to be that tough. The schedule is going to be tough either way. However you put it. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Even their AFC teams got to face the Chargers and the Patriots, a, a yeah. December Patriots team. So it's always a good Patriots team. Yeah, the Cardinals, it's crazy to think that they had a better record than the team that almost won the Super Bowl last year in the Bengals. It's crazy to think about that. Yeah, it's crazy. Just completely switched spots. Just completely switched spots. All right. We're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. It's been a great one. Big shout out to my guy, Damian Adams from the Real Deal with Damian Adams podcast, also the third and three pod. So, Dame, here's our time that we call at the bus so you get about a minute to get anything off your chest that you need to, man. Uh, anything that you wouldn't be afraid to tell your mama. So, go ahead. You got a shot for us to stay at the buzzer? Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about something else, man. We ain't talking about Kevin Durant. My man Kevin Durant is out talk here saying, it. he said that either you trade me or you fire Sean Marks the GM. And Steve Nash, not one or the other, both of them. <laughs> I gotta, you got to fire both of those dudes both or trade me. And for me, I'm like, dang, that's bold. It's bold that it came out. It came out because they wanted it to come out. So, like, the fact that they wanted this to come out is super bold because you're pushing their hands like, dang, are we going to really fold to his pressure and believe that this team is going to be in so much turmoil if he stays that now we can't just play ball? Or do you say we're going to play ball with you and we got to get a new GM and a new coach? That's that's crazy, especially in August. Like, usually you're doing that right in the season, you know, June, July. We're in August now. They probably relaxing on vacation and you're hitting them with, <laughs> they got to fire the GM and the coach and now hire a new one. So I think it's just, it's so crazy to me that this is a situation he wanted. He wanted Steve Nash. He asked for that. 
I mean, most of those players he asked GM the GM for. And now he's like, oh, I don't like the situation. Get me out of here. Or fire the guys that I put told to do these things or the ones that I wanted here to do what they did. It's just so nuts to me, man. So Kevin Durant, man, it's he's he's amazing for content, man. I'll tell you that much. Well, I mean, all that it is is looking, really wanting a situation and seeing, like, how can I get them to get to that point? It's almost like when, when someone, you know, wants you to get a reaction, so they're just saying what they think is going to get that reaction. KD wants to get traded. KD does not want to finish his contract out on the Brooklyn Nets. So I think this is one of those moves that I'm like, they're not actually going to fire the guy that I wanted them to bring here and the GM who is responsible for all these moves. So if I go there and tell them, hey, either trade me or fire these two, that's your ultimatum. Katie's thinking they're going to, okay, well, I'm not going to fire these two, so we'll trade you. It may not be right now, may not be at the all-star break, but if that's your ultimatum by the end of the season, fine. The thing is, Katie's going to hoop because Katie loves to hoop, so I don't think he has a lot of leverage. I just think it, exactly. I don't think it is either, but I think, and you you pull out Hail Mary moves when you don't have leverage. Mm -hmm. This is a Hail Mary pass. And I think it's just, you know, a way for Katie to try to get his way. So, no, but he – and every time the NBA offseason winds down, that boy Katie wake up again. I mean, you say, yeah. oh, y'all, don't, don't forget him here. I can stir some things up too. Yeah. Is that Matt, you got something to say at the buzzer? Uh, I just want to shout out Secret Face uh, on YouTube. They're a very big YouTube person. They're John Boyce, Alex uh, Rubenstein. Uh, came out like four months ago, but I didn't watch it until now. Uh, they did a four-part series about Dave Steve. I'm assuming both of you don't know who Dave Steve is because not a clue. I didn't know yeah, who Dave Steve right. was. Um, he was actually like a really good pitcher for the Blue Jays in the '80s, and oh, okay. he never got any credit. He was like Cole Hamill's level good. Like he wasn't like great, but he was really good. Um, pitching gotcha. a couple ALCSs. By the time the Blue Jays finally won the World Series, he was old and got hurt, so it's kind of sad. But the most unique thing about him is how many no hitters he almost threw. Like he had, like he kept almost throwing no hitters, or like six times where he almost threw a no hitter. And like there's <laughs> even including the stretch in the end of 1988, he had a no hitter, ninth inning, two outs, two strikes on the batter, broken up on a crazy hop. Then wow. the next start, the next start, the exact same thing happens again: ninth inning, two outs, two strikes. Gets broken up. Then in 1989, perfect game. Oh, ninth inning, two outs. And then wow. finally in 1990, he gets a no hitter. His at the in, the in the last month of the last healthy full season of his career. Wow! Wow! And it like turns his whole career. If I'm him, in my mind, I got three no hitters in a perfect game because they, they all got someone in the dugout. Someone in the dugout talking about it when I'm on the field. Someone and someone is is bringing the bad voodoo because how you. <laughs> what you get you get to the top of the mountain that many times you got to plant the flag my boy you can't yeah. get it up <laughs> he finally got it though he finally got it in 90 which is nice really happy for him because that's something that like haunts you you need not be able to like he wouldn't rest peacefully he'd haunt, yeah. he'd haunt baseball everywhere um i got something to say at the buzz really quick before i do shout out to serena williams who announced that her see her career is about to come to an end i mean i don't know about y'all but in my lifetime I don't know if we put it in a vacuum. I've maybe pound for pound seen two other people dominate their sport like Serena Williams dominated her sport singly. Yeah. Like on the men's side, mm -hmm. I have three people who did it likingly. But in sports, 
it's like her in my lifetime, it's like her, Tom Brady, and Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Like I haven't seen anybody else do in their sport <clears throat> what Serena did in tennis. So shout Tiger, out to the I think you have to put Tiger in the mix. Tiger, put Tiger in there too. Yeah. Put Tiger in there too. Um, but shout out to her. But for my second point, Matt at the buzzer, Matt, it's time to play one of our favorite games. Damien, you'll love to play this game. Does James have unrealistic social expectations? So for reference, <clears throat> Damien, one time I sneezed and my mom wasn't there to bless me. If you know me and I sneeze, you don't say bless you. I'm going to call it out for it. If I was to sneeze in this podcast, you guys didn't bless me. I would have called you out for it. So my mom knows this and didn't bless me. She got mad at me because I got mad at her. And she told me, James, you have unrealistic social expectations. So it really put me in a crisis. And every time I come to a pass, I now have to ask the group like, hey, am I unrealistic for thinking this? Because my mom tells me I got unrealistic expectations. So here's the latest one. If, if I'm coming to pick you up, I'm driving from my house to your house to grab you and we're going somewhere. And I let you know that I'm about to be there. I text you five minutes away at the light, wherever. When I pull up, don't you feel like that person should be ready? You don't got to be out the door waiting for me on the curb. But when I text you here, I shouldn't be waiting for like five to 10 minutes after that. That that was your five to 10. When I let you know that I was down the street. So when I text you, I give you about like two minutes just to get everything situated, say bye to your dog, do whatever you got to do. Were you early? You no, no. But, but it don't matter if I'm early. If you're I text early, you on my way, you're 20 no, minutes no. early, and the guy's not like he's still like in like a t- like okay. a t shirt, and he's just going out to the club. You need to get a nice shirt on, press the ladies. Like, but if Matt, you're on time, you're fine. Matt, I, I am flattered. You think I'm time? I'm black, <laughs> buddy. I'm not. I'm never to pick up my friend. I ain't never 20 minutes early. So we can we can put that. To, you can assume I'm 30 minutes late. So you should be ready to begin with. You should be ready to begin with. So I shouldn't have to worry about that. But if I but if I text it, Dame, am I wrong for that? Because I can't stand that, yo. Yeah. I can't stand that when I said 10 minutes ago I'm about to be there, why am I out here waiting with your nosy neighbor across the way wondering what car is standing out front of her neighbor's house? Like, what? am I wrong for that? Nah, you're not wrong, especially if you're not early. Like, if you, like you say, if you're coming on time or even, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes after a set time, say if you say... Say if you it was planned the day before, right? And you said, Oh, I'm gonna be there at five. And then at 455, you hit him up and say, I'm five minutes away. You should be ready to go. You should be ready to go. You should be ready to rock. <laughs> you should be ready, you should to be ready to rock. rock. So yeah. if there's a time set before, they should be ready. Now, if there's no time set before, you just hit me up and we didn't set an actual time, you say I'm five minutes away. All right, yeah, give me 10 more minutes to get ready, depending on what we're doing, right? And if we're just gonna play basketball, I probably could just throw on my clothes and go. But we going, you know. Hanging with somebody or do whatever. Go yeah, you're going to go somewhere. You got to give me 10 more minutes to get ready. I give you that. I give you that. I give you that. But this is this is under normal circumstances. Like I said, there are beat at five. It's around five. Might yeah. be 452. Might be 558 or 508. Yeah. But it's, it's, around, it's around five o'clock, right? I'm not leaving you out to dry. But if I said about to be, especially if you respond to me too. You said like okay, you said all right or something. Yeah. Bro, that's I don't know. In all these situations, Dame, I brought like maybe four or five of these situations up. I've yet to be 
wrong in these socials. Have I, Matt? <laughs> I've yet to be wrong in these socials in these social stances. I'm just saying, mom want to come at me all crazy, but I've yet to have an unrealistic social expectation since. I think everybody else in the world don't got real so or social expectations. Y'all don't know how to act, but <laughs> it was a great episode of Straight Facts. Appreciate my guy. Damien Adams, one more time. Before we get out of here, Dame, tell the people again where they can find you. Drop all your socials. Drop all your pods. What's going on with Damien Adams? Oh, man. Thank you guys for having me on, man. This was a blast. Looks, dang, we did an hour mm-hmm. 20 and felt like it just flew by. Like uh, This, right, right, this right. was awesome, man. You guys are really good at this. I really enjoyed this episode, you know, being on with you guys. So thank you. Uh, so you can find me on any social media at the Real Deal WDA. So that's TikTok. That's Instagram, Twitter. I don't have a Snapchat. Right. I'm too old for that. But everything else I'm on has the real deal. WDA, that's W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha. You'll see a lot of my content there, like the video he played earlier about Arizona Cardinals. You can see on Twitter, TikTok, and all those different things. Uh, my podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. I talk NFL, NBA, and boxing on there. You're going to get some laughs, some real talk, and you're going to get some straight facts, right? So you're definitely going to enjoy the, the real deal with Damian Adams uh, if you enjoy sports podcasts. And the other one I do is called Third and Three Podcast. That one is an NFL podcast, but we go a little bit of everywhere. We just, it's a really good crew, good chemistry. You're going to get some laughs. You're going to get some knowledge on football. And you're definitely going to enjoy the show. So if you want to go ahead and uh, subscribe and you don't remember all the things I said, just follow me. At the real deal, WDA, and you'll get all the stuff that I mentioned earlier if you didn't write it down. All right. <laughs> all right. Y'all know where to find them. Real deal, WDA.